0: On this week's episode, we kick off our quarantine up event with a special guest who's actually three guests who combine into a Voltron style podcast called The Movie Dumpster. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for a hidden track by our friends, Human Mouth. Tongue, you're dead. And this is Slashers Podcast, a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror. My name is Jake, and with me, for the first time ever, are my friends, the Movie Dumpster Podcast, Joe, Sean, and Connor. Introduce yourselves and say your name so that you can imprint on our impressionable
1: listeners so they know who's talking and when. Hello, my name is Joseph Lascola, and that's probably not how I'm gonna be talking throughout the rest of this podcast. I'm Connor uh... to... Oh, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> I'm I'm Sean, Sean O'Rourke. Uh, I'm Connor. And Joe, is that your phone voice or your FM radio host? I can't tell. That was my voiceover voice. <laughs> Did you guys read that? I think movie
0: phone is down to one employee.
1: Yeah, it's fucking Kramer.
0: Hell what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that idea. <laughs>
1: I didn't know movie phone was still a thing. Yeah, neither um, did I.
0: I saw an article and I was like, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't even realize that they existed, much like yourself. So I guess in the backlog of my brain, I would assume that they had none employees, and to find out it was one, I was like, that seems drastically understaffed for a thing I don't know about.
1: You want to hear something even weirder and far more shocking? The Heaven's Gate website is still up, Love and there's it. people still operating it, looking for <laughs> looking for members. I go on it all the time. I <laughs> love it. It is, a, and it is very clearly a website from 20 fucking years ago. It oh, has yeah. not changed one the, iota. The, it, and like there's, the
0: shitty gifts that like move around, and there's the bright rainbow logo with the beaming down. Oh, it's so delightful.
1: Yeah. It's like these two guys were left behind, quote unquote, to keep the thing going. And it's like, yeah, how stupid do you feel?
0: <laughs> Dude, I don't, I mean, I've certainly fallen out of a lot of true crime stuff after becoming a dad, but I love Heaven's Gate. Like, on the idea. That you would call all your friends like, let's go, Joe Odie, Sean Odie, Connor Odie, Movie Dumpster Podcaster Odie, and then cut your own balls off. <laughs> it's pretty amazing to me.
1: And then buy a bunch yeah. of Nikes and die in them. Isn't it great? Oh my God.
0: I made a meme about that because in the movie Ghost World, Thora Birch says, if he's so crazy, how come he's wearing Nikes? And so I put, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to toot my own horn but i was like this is not this is going to be very funny to the people who understand it but the fact is that it will never get the metadata to be as popular as it deserves to be <laughs>
1: so Extremely gentlemen dark joke and i appreciate it what movie are we doing this week well this is part of our double feature with you guys so today we're doing house and then we're going to be doing house 2
0: the second story yeah on your show yes now quick thing how does house from 1977 relate to that was the second story, because obviously we're reviewing the Nobuhiku Obayashi film tonight, right? Um, Nobody?
1: I okay. You just I scared think I watched that for a second.
0: <laughs> I really loved the apprehension. I was like,
1: yes, it worked. Oh. I told my wife oh, I was like, going to do that. and oh, She was no. like, that's
0: fucking stupid. And I was like, it's going to be funny. <laughs>
1: You uh, here's, here's why it's kind of funny because uh i i've been hitting the head too many times my memory <laughs> shit so there's a chance somebody could have said like you were watching how and i would like sure house that's the one with the cat painting right exactly yeah, no. No, Connor, it's not.
0: So you guys have 81 butt-fucking episodes, which are rad. I have to say, I kind of wish that I had done what you did and just made it a whatever movie podcast, because your range goes from Rawhead Rex, Home Alone 4, Taking Back the House, (laughs) Equilibrium, which I refer to as Ray Bradbury's The Matrix, Dungeons (laughs) and Dragons, (laughs) and here's a very important one. I recently regaled our audience with an anecdote wherein I went to warehouse movies, and I was like, I'd like to buy a copy of the guyver butt fucker and he said mac guyver and i never trusted anybody in a store ever again you know and you reviewed mark guyver too which proves it's real
1: i just heard yep. this story when i listened to you guys today yeah
0: <laughs> i was so just, vindicated to see that, it. i was that like Giver, yes
1: he was like you mean mac guyver and trust me i've had the same experience with people where they're so like funny. i don't know what you're talking about what do you mean mark hamill turns into a cockroach it's awesome
0: right it's <laughs> I <hope> crazy <laughs>
1: Oh man. I hope that guy's listening to this, like, oh motherfucker. I, yeah. mean, I guess she's right. They do exist. So good.
0: And so uh, I'd like to point out. Usually I'm a very competitive guy, but I've listened to almost every one of our overlapping episodes. So I will peddle you guys shamelessly because we've overlapped and both done episodes on Bad Taste, 13th Warrior, Demonic Toys, Santa's Slay, and Valentine. So if you didn't get enough from Slashers, go on over to Movie Dumpster, listen to those, and then come back to us, rate us, review us, subscribe. And then if you have time left over, you haven't gotten carpal tunnel syndrome from doing that on your phone, then go over to help those guys, right? That's a okay. good <laughs>
1: We're good yeah, but well, yeah, I'm sure they're both varying opinions as well. Oh, yeah. You, you can yeah. get two cell phones and, you know, do one on each hand. And yeah. Well, you got all the fucking time in the world now, don't you?
0: Seriously. And if you imagine how productive people who are ambidextrous are because they don't mm-hmm. have to have one hand driving the wheel and then doing the other. They're just like, oh. up. <laughs> so real quick, I wanted to highlight something about this franchise. I think it's really weird that we go house, house to the second story, which is architecture, humor, and probably my favorite title for a sequel ever. Then mm-hmm. in sequence, we technically go to house, House for Repossession. Funny, Hmm. give it that, funny. But House Three Horror Show is not really House Three at all. And it's virtually completely disregarded. So if you do Google us and you like the content and you want to go find the episodes and the movies, just be aware because I remember going through that years ago and be like,
1: uh, what? We tried to remedy that with a few other things too. Like specifically, we put Aberration 1998. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's another film called Aberration. So not to be confused with. But yeah, the horror show is technically House three. Right. Little and it's really there. fucking good. We got Lance Henriksen in that. Oh, yeah. And Brian James. That's yeah, a great flick, dude. Will Hendrickson show up for anything? if you just like dangle a $5 bill in front of his face. He's very, uh, when I met him, because I had just met him at Monster Mania this past one, he was just super fucking cool and down to do like whatever as maybe if the money was there or if he felt like it. You know Law what dog? I mean? dog, question mark? Uh, hey man, down to clown. Yeah. I was like, cause after uh, his Pumpkinhead three and four appearances, he was like, I was so ashamed of those movies that I escaped a Q&A by curling on the floor on my hands and knees out the side door. He's a genuinely awesome dude and you know, everybody uh, eats some shit sometimes I guess, right?
0: But Michael Caine when he ate shit with the Jaws sequel was like yeah, you know what? I ate so much shit that I bought a fucking house with it. Fuck off. And I was like exactly yeah like i did i love so many movie <laughs> podcasts are just people like shitting all over stuff and i'm like first of all come on if you're recording something in your garage and you're like oh please listen to me like rate and subscribe <laughs> you clearly want attention so these people get international attention and get paid unlike 99 percent of movie podcasts so like oh yeah in real practice if somebody was like hey you want to be in ghost shark seven you'd be like please i would love to thank you sir i mean there's money in it sure yeah right uh, yeah i'll Actual be your paper ninth currency? movie <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even have to be backed by the federal gold standard i'll just take fake money
1: <laughs> <laughs> shit i'll take a fucking taco i'll <laughs> go right in there yes
0: <laughs> i wonder what the exchange rate is on tacos
1: yeah um i don't know are they doritos locos or is it like crunchwrap supreme does that count
0: what about that chalupa thing where it's three chalupas in oh. one long human centipede oh. what the fuck Sign is me the that fuck
1: up for that man i want that triple chalupa in my mouth
0: dude i am very concerned about a lot of people's well-being with that that is a <laughs> reckless device
1: what was that it can't be any worse than what the fuck was it wasn't oh, the it KFC was like two one yeah the kfc oh, yeah. one the heart like two attack donuts and a piece of chicken or some shit yeah. well there's also the chicken sandwich where the bread is also chicken yes oh yeah right yeah yeah which is at nasty. that point just take three chicken patties and bite them like what are you doing there's or you can
0: just go to your local grocery store get lard shove it in your mouth same thing <laughs>
1: This is that very might true. actually be one of the things you can find lard. I don't think that's selling out.
0: Yeah, I can tell you it came to mind because I my wife was like, oh, pick up yeast. And I was like, you mean the thing we've never used in our house? And she's like, well, suddenly it's very important that you get us a yeast. And I was like, OK. And on my fourth store, I saw a tower
1: of lard. No really yeast. i've, I've tried never to get seen rid of a it. store selling lard <laughs> I, no i've never seen it for sale but you know what they make those utz grandma utz's uh, potato chips kettle cooked in lard man those are my favorite chips that come in that fucking like craft paper uh bag right on could you
0: that's end good. up seeing through the bag because of all the lard
1: no but i end up fucking passing out that's because <laughs> your heart I'm is giving up it's just like them.
0: please stop it's not beating anymore <laughs> it's just tapping out oh yeah they're so delicious so shall i get into the statistics for this film
1: Statistics. i love that go ahead
0: <laughs> made on a budget of three million dollars it yielded 22.1 million dollars a fancy little payday wouldn't you say
1: that's pretty impressive actually
0: yeah i ain't mad at it why i think
1: he said he ain't mad at it i ain't mad at oh it. oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm very upset with this information oh, it's like i was like how no, dare this
0: movie not make more money how dare uh, this
1: humble film yeah. makes you know six <laughs> times its budget back I mean and this yeah, man, is they basically
0: Fred Decker's biggest success and that breaks my heart to say cuz he directed Monster Squad which is my favorite film
1: of all time. Do you you think it's his biggest success financially? Why do you think? Financially this, I guess yeah. I yeah. wonder how much how much I wonder how much he took home for that though because he didn't even write end up writing the screenplay. Correct.
0: Well, mm-hmm. his his draft of the screenplay was just a horror film, and then it was later adapted, and they added the comedic elements, which is really mm-hmm. odd. I kept reading that everywhere, but like every other thing that he does, like Night of the Creeps, all has horror. Yeah. But in terms of just like the. I only mean budget like monster squad budget, 12 million bucks yields less than 4 million bucks. Yeah. So I mean, just to have your name attached to anything on IMDB, that's that much better than the rest of your work. He famous. One of my all time favorite quotes comes from him where he says, nobody sets out to make a cult classic.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, like, the modern B-movie movement seems to think that you can, and that's yeah. one of like our like collectively biggest problems with movies yeah. like that is that when you intentionally take the step to make what should be like a cult movie years later, you're ruining the sincerity of it, and it's not gonna be as entertaining. 100%. This is one of those flicks where, like, again, it's, it's one of those 80s flicks that really was made with a lot of love, and a lot of great people are involved in, in this yeah. flick. And then, like, nowadays, people are literally just trying to just churn shit out for a buck. And it's like, how... Not only it, how is that like self-satisfying, but like how much money could you possibly be? I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like, how much money could you possibly be getting from this unless you already had money to start with? Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, the ads that whole credence to a lot of people get really conspiracy theory. Like, oh, it's all tax evasion or whatever. And like, I don't know the stuff that ends up on streaming. I'm like, everybody's got to be losing here. So this has to be a calculated loss.
1: Right. I guess so. I, You know what? I haven't <laughs> thought about it that way. Like, like they're making a shitty kind of movie to something. fucking write off some money because they're laundering it. Yep. <laughs> well, it's I mean, true. I, we joke, but like I think there's evidence that Uwe Boll was doing that for a long time. Yes. That's how he yeah. did finance all of his fucking movies because he had oh, these yeah. tax shelters and like he he skirted German like like financial laws and stuff like that and found loopholes and just made money hand over fist before these movies were even made. I feel really naive not like seeing that because I'm always like, yeah, man, you fucking you when you want to make a movie like you really want to make it right. Like (laughs) you're like really into it because it's so much fucking work to do.
0: He's like, I want to make 17 Blood Rain movies because I can lose all of the money and still end up on top.
1: He said it himself. He says he can afford to play golf until he's dead. And now he's a restaurant. And now he has a restaurant in Canada that's apparently really good.
0: (laughs) Oh, Nice. Now, the way I would describe this film, tell me if you guys agree. It's kind of in the mouth of madness meets once bitten. What I mean by that is like, there's a lot of really good character effects and shit. And then it's also got this weird, I don't know what vibe you're going for in the rest of it and tone, but then it has this cute little ending and it's like, goodbye.
1: Yeah, it fucks right off at that ending scene.
0: That needs to be a dream sequence where at the end of it you're like, "Oh, everything's fucked," and he's in a worse position in like an insane asylum. But it's like, no, we're all just happy. I found my
1: boy. Where left and like the top is still spinning. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We had mentioned it before, like when Fred originally conceived this, it was like a a a Twilight Zone kind of episode where he like went hard in on like a Vietnam War stuff, right? And then when Ethan Wiley. Got a hold of it and wrote the screenplay. He like added all that comedy stuff, yep. but that's what got the film made. Right? Weird, so right. Steve Miner like read that script and was like, this is fucking great. Let's.
0: And what's really interesting. So to your point, it's after he sees the Twilight Zone anthology film and he wants to do this movie as a part of an anthology of a bunch of stuff. So really, it makes sense how it was so bare bones. But it's like, it's such a generic story in so many ways where you're like, why do you have to give story credit for that at all? It's just like, oh, a writer who's sad in a house. I'm like, that's everything.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the the crux of the story, I feel like, is that Vietnam, like dealing yeah. with the like the, the uh, PTSD um, and then the wackiness like overlaid on that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's
0: a, a very tense juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you basically dismiss it with the happy ending. Like. All I did, like, I pulled my headphones out of my ears after I finished watching this movie again. I, I kind of lowered my head and I was like, not one person's going to ask how the fuck that kid didn't age. Like, <laughs> they're just going to be like, oh, he's got Gary Coleman disease. Whatever. Fuck off. But
1: like, that was that's- my thing. It's like, it's it has a happy ending with a little bow on it. But like, I can imagine that dad going like, let's go home. The cops are there is like, no, you're not. You have so many questions to answer. <laughs> oh, like yeah. You're sitting right here. <laughs> He's like oh he's going to jail dude for sure. It's like
0: all the kids who came from? back after Thanos's snap and they're like oh what I'm 5 years old still.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's that thing where it's like okay well it's like the pocket dimension right cuz there's like multiple doorways to different dimensions within the house cuz cuz it's very uh quote unquote thin I would assume. Yeah. Um and what I mean by thin is like you know the the veil between worlds is thin. Right. Oh yeah. Um well, there is that like classic episode of the Twilight Zone that kind of I feel like this movie riffs off of a little bit where there's like that portal of the wall that the little girl gets trapped in. Yes. Oh, man, that's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. When he uh, calls his buddy over and his buddy's like, yeah, so there's a fucking there's a parallel dimension right in this yeah, part of the exactly. wall right next to your bed. And your daughter, I don't know, backflipped out of a fucking bed and went right into the wall. <laughs> I told her not to jump in that goddamn thing. That's what yeah, she gets. I don't know what happened. Uh, I do like this house. Uh, the, the The titular house kind of feels like a crossroads for several different horrific alternate realities that just kind of keep bleeding in and out.
0: The Millsview
1: Estate. Yeah. Yes. CM is gorgeous. Yes, it is. My God, why didn't he furnish that thing? Well, because he was writing and losing his mind, probably. <laughs> It was already furnished. I would leave it just the way it was. And Elizabeth was amazingly macabre. And I appreciate that. Seriously, she
0: we can all agree. Like in the bedrooms, there has to be some like fist fucking in those weird pictures,
1: right? That she's painting. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> To come to come back to your uh, in the mouth of madness reference, she's that fuck. She's the fucking lady from Happy Gilmore with her right? with her husband on the ground, <laughs> right? Yeah, with the tentacles. Where did the tentacles, the tentacles and come from? With and the, the fucking in the basement Se- tied up. Sado <laughs> sadomasochist fucking like leather chains and shit. As soon as
0: I said where did the tentacles come from, I felt like an Asian girl in an anime from the 80s.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: Jake made an um, anime reference. Take that, Brian.
1: The tentacles actually, like the first one came out. I was like, is he being attacked by xenomorphs?" Look at that tail. Right. Oh, yeah, it does look like that. So well, she plays this part, the little bit she's in. And she's in what, like maybe three scenes in the whole movie? Maybe. Like she's got like, it's kind of weird. She does it at the same time, if this makes sense. Like she's very heartwarming or heartfelt. But also like that smile she does in the one flashback is really creepy. Eerie, right? Didn't yeah. She, She's fucking batshit, dude. Like when their kid disappears, she's just like, oh, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> hell of a storm.
0: She's like, I told well, you, bitch, that's basically her attitude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the ho- it was the house. <laughs> sure was.
0: Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. So the competition for this film, it came out. February 28th, 1986, two weeks before you'd had Terror Vision, the week before you had The Hitcher, and then the week this film came out, the only film that beat it was Pretty in Pink. So that's a pretty big accomplishment, I have to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going up against John Hughes, dude. Right. You're going down.
0: In the weeks that followed, the only other horror films that came out were Nomads, April Fool's Day, and Critters. So, I mean, really, in terms of your competition for this style of horror film, April Fool's Day is kind of your best competition. And I'll be honest, like this movie, in my opinion, way better than April Fool's Day.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd agree with that. I know I've seen April Fool's Day, but it was also like when I was younger and I just grabbed... All the holiday theme slashers from the local video store that I could. So it's just in there in my memories, like among like Mother's Day, happy birthday to me, and like all of those stuff.
0: Super generic. It's like we just did an episode on it for the April Fool's Day uh, month thing that we did. And I got to tell you, I was like, all right, this is fine. But like, I think that. I kind of did myself a disservice because like my favorite holiday themed horror film is My Bloody Valentine, the original. Oh, yeah. And we had just yeah, done yeah. that. And I was like, this is what it should be. This is what Canadian underground horror should be, motherfucker. <laughs> and then I see this thing. And I'm like,
1: fine. <laughs> yeah. Critters is better than April Fool's Day. 100%. Easy. Yeah.
0: There's a reason why it spawned a franchise that would just never die, even with that no. stupid uh. series they released on Shudder. God
1: uh. damn it. Did you see the new film
0: Critters Attack? Nope, because I saw the shorts and I gave up oh my goodness (laughs) is that that
1: bad like uh it's terrible and and i thought three was bad like i'll watch three any day of the week compared to that fucking film like d wallace comes back and she's a fucking bounty hunter or whatever fucking pass dude like no thank you
0: only time i want to see d wallace come back is to shoot another saint bernard am i right (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) the only thing that makes sense to me so
0: the runtime of this film 93 minutes do we love it is it easy breezy beautiful cover girl
1: uh, uh, yes, I looked up, I looked down, like at the runtime, and it was halfway through, and felt like I just started it, but didn't feel like it rushed. Yeah, it's very brisk, and it just it's it's snappy. I think is the word I used. It's comfy. You could
0: edit it a little tighter, but I don't think that you have to lose any of the substance. I think that everything is really well done. And I even like the meddling neighbor stuff. Usually that stuff gets really tired really fast, but also it's fucking Norm from Cheers, so of course yeah. I'm gonna like it.
1: That. <laughs> That's great. Was- his introductory scene is also so funny. I couldn't wait for him to come back around when he walks up to me. He's like, "Yeah, she died. Terrible lady. Awful. Heart full of piss. I'm sure someone murdering He's like, "She's my aunt. Heart of gold. Love her. Had her over for dinner once. She was fantastic."
0: And then he acts like he doesn't know who he is, but has this tattered ass copy of his book that he's been carrying around <laughs> with him at all times.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that he just keeps in his back pocket just in case he ever runs into the fucking writer.
0: Like you have those fans on Instagram and shit who like reach out to you and try and be like totally nonchalant. Like I've had people. We'll be like oh yeah um here's this one thing that you like referenced i don't know episode seven uh you know 24 and a half minutes in no big deal or whatever but this is exactly what you're talking about i'm like you could just like be a fan like it's it's fine
1: well, oh, yeah, I think totally. they're making fun of that a lot in this movie too, kind of like yeah. that. Because uh, he's almost like a Stephen King esque character. This the main character in this yeah, film, for sure. Yeah, he's a horror writer. Yeah, which is
0: where most of my "In the Mouth of Madness" reference kind of comes from. That and the creature effects, but I mean, just the idea of like the sensational that little vignette that they do. Like, it's so perfect when they're doing the book sighting because that could be belabored yeah. so but fucking much. But instead, they're like, it's quick, it's brisk, it's over, and you get background information on the character because you find out he's yeah. divorced, and it just snaps be mm-hmm.
1: uh, which uh, who, who, who's that Frau in the line yeah <laughs> mindy sterling <laughs> awesome she's like oh i love your wife she's on that fucking uh soap opera i love so much and he's Never like yeah we're an divorced
0: episode So directed by Steve Miner Who famously Friday the 13th Parts 2 and Mm 3 Here's where we get a little bit questionable Now he was a second unit director For Night of the Creeps So we have to give him a little bit of an extra credit But then we have to take that credit away And then we just burn this man's effigy As he is responsible for Soul Man From 1986 (laughs) You might remember where the guy does blackface By taking tanning pills To get a black scholarship to Harvard Oh. Oh
1: Yeah, I always forget about that film and then someone mentions it and I'm like, yeah, uh okay.
0: That's thing. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw like a war of words recently because Spike Lee had like just trashed the movie when it came out. And the gal who played the love interest in the movie was like, he didn't even see the movie. He shouldn't be talking. And I was like, oh God, like I, I read Uncle Tom's cabin. And I don't know what I'm allowed to say. I'm too white. I hate that I'm reading this article. There shouldn't be comment sections. Leave me
1: alone. Oh, yeah, that's... uh yeah no
0: but then to go back in the positive we have that he did the pilot episode for the wonder years warlock mm-hmm. kind of love warlock. halloween h2o but then you have lake but fucking placid so there you go i feel oh, like shit. we've at least broken oh. even when it comes well you to left
1: one film out there day of the day sure did well, there's that, but a uh, big bully.
0: Ah, yeah. Nineteen ninety six, which
1: also opens—well, maybe not opens, but basically opens—with fucking Rick Moranis trying to sell a book. But a very similar scene, except nobody wants to buy his book. Yeah, and they're just uh-oh. asking, like, "Where's the Stephen King aisle?" Yeah. It also ends in horror. <laughs> like the end of the film yeah. is like shot like a horror. Oh, movie. yeah. The end of Big Bowie is like, it is it's a cave. Yeah. It's yeah. a cave. It's right a Cape beard <laughs> chase sequence <laughs> <laughs> in a cave. Yeah.
0: I'm a big fan of Tom Arnold. People gave him a lot of shit, but I just recently rewatched True Lies and he's delightful.
1: Yeah. No, he's great in that film.
0: And so we had referred to it earlier the story, Fred Decker, the screenplay, Ethan Wiley, who I mean. Household name, right everyone? Yep. The director and writer of Elfman starring Jason Weeman Acuña.
1: <laughs> everyone? No one. What in the What in the hell did you just say to me? <laughs> yeah.
0: I was I did a deep dive because I was like this guy's career is vapid. And then I was like, oh <laughs> I, I hung out
1: with Shane Black and Fred Decker, though, <laughs> and I wrote House One and Two.
0: Yeah. And he also wrote music on the Jason X soundtrack, Jason Jam, and X is the loneliest number that you'll ever slash.
1: Dude, fucking pass. All of this is, <laughs> all of this is painful. I hate Jason X, by the way. What? I, I hate, also I hate don't it. like it.
0: Okay. Holodeck scene. Tell me that's not gold.
1: Okay, yeah, redeeming factor. There you but, go. Um, that's not even. To, how could that redeem the whole goddamn movie? No, like it's, it's, it's a redeeming. In a, in a vacuum, quality. it's fine. Yeah, it's fine that way. But um, I mean, if I had to stack it next to Leprechaun in space and Hellraiser Four, Hellraiser Four all the way. That's uh, fair. I'll give it that. Yeah, there. but definitely Leprechaun Four is better than Jason X. Well, yeah.
0: Ooh yeah I think I'll have to agree. We did that on the show for a bonus episode, and I think that I'm very one of very few people who would agree according to the analytics, but yeah I think I'll agree. <laughs>
1: i, I Here's don't know my man. question is that the one where they finally call him blubbed because we're still trying to figure <laughs> that out over on movie dumpster
0: no i don't Dude. think it is i think it comes after that
1: i uh, see we were trying to figure that out all i know is that somebody kisses on him and he goes into his dick yes and then and then bl- bursts out of this man's dick and that's enough for me
0: yeah it's pretty awesome he also has the uh, lightsaber which is great.
1: Yeah, a lightsaber shillelagh. <laughs> or I need oh, to yeah. see this fucking movie.
0: What the You've fuck? You've never seen
1: it? I've only seen the first two. Uh,
0: he actually gets giant at one point.
1: And oh uh, the the one where he goes back in the hood, I've seen that one. The first one. Oh, uh, four is fucking is something else, dude. Yeah, I I I've already expressed my disinterest in Leprechaun. So when he was going to space, I was like, yeah, I think I'm good forever on that one.
0: <laughs> no, you're wrong. There's some great yeah, stuff in that definitely. film. You're wrong. We'll move on because I don't want to insult you. Produced by Sean S. Cunningham, who's just like everything, right? Um,
1: yeah, that surprised I mean, me. I didn't, because I hadn't seen this movie until today. I'd seen bits and pieces of it on like sci-fi channel all throughout my life, but never in one sitting. And saw so his name pop up and I was like, oh, look at that. He's producing all over this thing. You know, he's the man responsible for fucking Friday the 13th. Yeah. Straight up.
0: And then going to the music, you had Harry Manfredi, who is... The or ma mama, if you want to be hyper technical though it doesn't fucking sound <laughs> like that so whatever
1: it doesn't his, <laughs> his score in this is fan fucking tastic i really like it i love the cello stuff and then he gets to dabble in like weird synthy shit yeah. like it's all over the board here
0: he also did music for the anna nicole smith story so you know he's legit <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: fucking dude's gotta eat man <laughs> yeah yeah he supplied the music for the uh, Friday the 13th game, too. I'm not sure if it was old recordings or if he did new stuff. But, yeah, it's all over the place. Hell, I yeah. I think he's just getting the credit, dude. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but all of his music is present. It still helps the aesthetic. Sure.
0: For sure. So you guys on our show we do this nicknames thing and we kind of bastardize it every time by giving the title of the segment nicknames a nickname uh, which has been prick name dick name big pen name do you have anything that you'd like to rhyme
1: um uh... quick
0: name Ha i put you on the spot
1: oh you, you already beat me to the punch
0: so we had William Cat as Roger Cobb you'll remember he was the greatest american hero and that's about yeah. it yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the only other thing I ever fucking you know on IMDb when you look at his movies that was the only other thing that stood out to me
0: well here's uh, a fun fact he was in the movie house and he was on the TV show house with you Laurie oh, don't whoa. you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> blowing my mind that's awesome he does have a face where it's like i've seen you summer before but i can't figure out exactly where
0: he aged like molten shit on ice because oh no literally <laughs> i saw his profile picture on imdb and i was like who the fuck is that old honky and why was he in this movie And i was like oh my god <laughs> He starred in the movie. Oh, no.
1: The only thing I know William Cat from besides house is house four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know what he kind of looks like? He kind of looks like Danny Elfman from a certain angle. Like, I could
0: see that like chiseled, though,
1: put put him in a fucking tank top and have him just sing about being in his fucking apartment. I would even argue that he's like Andrew Robinson's fucking like distant cousin. <laughs> <laughs> he's half a ginger. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah for sure. And that V-neck sweater, am I right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Save some sex appeal for the rest of us, cocksucker, am I right?
1: What the fuck were they thinking with that? That is the deepest V I've ever seen in my life. Jesus Who Christ. is he trying to impress with that sexy bod?
0: Me. God, I've got <laughs> the clept over here. I'm sitting here masturbating.
1: His my Beyonce neighbor, came out, she just fucking burst out laughing. She's like, what the fuck is he wearing? <sighs> It's like he forgot the rest of his fucking ensemble, dude.
0: He's wearing like all the stuff off the clearance rack at American Apparel before they got shut down.
1: <laughs> well, you know, they show him throw all his fucking clothes in his suitcase like in a hurry. He probably forgot like all the essentials. <laughs> it's he just his life like, sweater. Outfits, but like just parts of the outfit. <laughs>
0: He like forgot the undershirt and the tie and the cummerbund. Yeah, yeah. He just has this shitty sweater.
1: I mean, maybe maybe he just doesn't give a shit. He does spend most of his time in military fatigues. Yeah, you remember the forward. military fatigues, but he forgets like a fucking undershirt. Yeah, yeah what, and but he leaves in a rush, right? You think that stuff was already at the house, TM? It might have been. Maybe
0: it's his aunt's sweater. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a good subplot editable. I want to explore where he's just going through her shit. Right. Oh, trying on grandma's clothes, or, or Aunt Elizabeth's clothes, rather.
0: And trying to, like, charge it up with, like, the static quantum energy to see her remote viewing or whatever the shit. Also, heated voices in Animaniacs, Batman the Animated Series, and Batman the Brave and the Bold, so...
1: Oh wait, who is he in Batman: Brave and the Bold?
0: Oh, he's Hawkman.
1: That's a good show, by the way. Everybody who doesn't know what it is, it's fantastic. Arlie Ermey shows up as uh, Catman at some point. Interesting.
0: But yeah, you have a lot of guys who are like, "Ah, well, my face is too recognizable as this thing," because you know he's kind of a bit part actor by that point. And then you do do voice acting. Just use your rigid, not acting voice. <laughs>
1: feel like a lot of a lot of these actors and actresses do a ton like when we go to look them up they just got a ton of voice credits yeah which is i mean good for them you know it's just strange
0: and you know not great i mean let's be honest (laughs) when it comes to the dc animated stuff we basically it's like we need you to sound like a cracker with a stick up your ass can you do that And they're like yes i can (laughs) that's the character right So for a nickname for him, I was just going to call him the greatest American hero. I know it's super wordy, but like the only <laughs> other movies I thought that he was in, he's Tommy and Carrie until he gets bucketed in the head. Oh, Buckethead. Right. I'd like That's to right. call him Buckethead.
1: There you go. Perfect. Jo- yeah.
0: Okay. So then we have George Wendt as Harold Gorman. Can you call him anything but Norm? Is no. it physically possible? <laughs> it's
1: fucking Norm, dude. It's Norm.
0: He played Norm in seven different shows. Cheers, Saying Elsewhere, the Tortellis, the Simpsons, Wings, Frasier and Family Guy, Wings God, with Tony Shaloub.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> it, that's inescapable. It's it's like we refer to we do that with plenty of like characters that show up in the movies. We watch the MDU stuff like they, they are just the one character they played that one time. Oh, yeah. But especially George Wendt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He, did you know he's the uncle of Jason Sudeikis? Boom
1: now I no idea didn't know that
0: I didn't either I had to do some deep dives because after Richard Mole I have basically no trivia for the rest of the people <laughs> in the
1: movie <laughs> oh good I have a few
0: okay good so Richard Mole as big man he famously scary movie 2 and his most iconic character ever Dementor in Jingle All the Way clearly where oh, oh, yeah. J.K. Rowling stole the nomenclature for her bullshit little Harry <laughs> Potter thing right
1: dude she dogged that and she dug troll man the original troll yeah harry Uh, potter richard mole richard mole is also esteban in evil speak and that fucking movie is amazing
0: and he is also
1: the angry fisherman or whatever the fuck he was supposed to be in ghost shark that lives (laughs) in a fucking lighthouse
0: (laughs) he's also death death. and king midas in dante's inferno which if you haven't played that game fucking rips
1: he's awesome
0: so did anybody have a nickname for him
1: um, he, for a second, reminded me of a character from Night Court who I couldn't remember his he name. He is the that fucking, character from Night Court. He is. That's my yes. thought. I haven't seen Night, Night Court in so fucking long. <laughs> I mean, I have a nickname for him, but it might not play to your audience. But he already had a nickname on Movie Dumpster, which is, drum roll Gunnar Hansen, man. Yeah, Ooh. dude. He's he's a reincarnated version of Gunner the White.
0: Okay, I'll take it. it.
1: If if we need to explain that, we're sorry. You have to go listen to, no, you're have to go listen, Movie Dumpster listen. to understand this that is, reference. This is like listen trying to, to movie dumpster. All, yeah. This is like trying to explain all the Marvel current continuity <laughs> in one breath. <laughs>
0: Hashtag famous like, plug.
1: Yeah, it's like trying to watch like Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what the fuck's um, happening?
1: 110 billion Lord things you remember for the next three hours. Who's a what? Okay, what happened to his mustache? (laughs) He's basically just like Jesse Ventura from the fucking Predator.
0: Oh Oh my god, that's very good.
1: (laughs) Sexual tyrannosaurus I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think Big Ben is. I mean, I. It just fits. It's perfect. At some point, I thought he called him McBain, Uh, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because he said Big Ben, but I heard McBain. I like that so much better. Yeah, so he's just (laughs) going to call McBain now. (laughs) I'm going
0: to stick with McBain. Yeah,
1: that
0: works. Uh, Then the last person I wanted to talk about was James Calvert as the grocery boy. And he had a very limited acting resume, but I did see that he played Bag Boy in Remington Steel, so he's very obviously a character actor. (laughs) That's it. Oh, we,
1: uh, we also do get a cameo, and I, I didn't write down this guy's name, but you guys might know who I'm talking about. Mm, I do. The real estate agent is the fucking Peter oh, yeah. D from the Sedgwick Hotel and Ghostbusters. Sure is. Oh, oh shit, I yeah. Was, I was referring to Officer Creighton Duke. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well him too, right. Well, that, that dude's name is Michael Einstein as Chet Parker, and he's the Sedgwick Hotel guy. Yeah. But yeah, Cop 4 is... <laughs> Fucking Is Creighton Duke, Stephen <laughs> Williams. He's like motherfucker Jason Voorhees, motherfucker. I've hunted Jason Voorhees for twenty years, even though nobody's ever seen me or heard of me. Give me I'm gonna break your fucking finger. <laughs> I should be Tommy Jarvis, but instead, I'm a guy who likes fingers. I'm hunting Jason Voorhees. Go away. <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you hunting him
0: with. Oh, speaking of Jason Voorhees, the stunt director for the film, Kane Hodder.
1: Yeah, dude. Really? I, now, when I read that, I thought he, I was like, "Oh shit, he's in the Big Ben outfit." But he just was the coordinator for everything. Yeah. And I read that he did it for the second film, too, but I don't know mm-hmm. what, to what capacity. I, I mean, he handled the stunts. He's coordinated the stunts.
0: Basically, he took credit for people falling down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that guy, he falls down the stairs at least two or three times. William Cat did his own fucking stunts for that. Yeah, When he falls down the fucking stairs. He really did? Yeah. He uh. was, He like is proud of it. He's like, yeah, I fucking, yes. I, I that was me falling down those stairs. Yeah, I, threw myself, I almost killed myself.
0: Good <laughs> luck replicating that here with a stunt double, right?
1: <laughs> right. We also have uh, Steve Suskind who plays the dude from the beginning of Friday 3, the dude with the mustache. that's like eating the fucking donuts and, and drinking the orange juice and shit. The guy who sticks the clothespin pole right into the camera and looks directly into it. He's like, this is 3D, yep. right? Oh, yep, shit. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's uh, William Katz, like, I don't know, publisher. That's the guy. He's like, he's like, hey, Will, you're going to write that fucking book about Vietnam. That's stupid. Don't do that. I need a horror novel. Awesome. bonus bonus for that one just real quick he's the fucking guy who's giving cpr to the corpse in a gnome named norm oh, God. Oh, yeah.
0: wow that's a, a movie i did not expect would be referenced on my show <laughs> at any point i saw and i was like holy shit oh man that's that's him awesome so shall we get into just the review of the film as it goes sure perfect one of my favorite things in the world is bad video effects and when i was a kid i used to make like pro wrestling music videos using windows movie maker oh, and you too! <laughs> this is what this opening is it's like oh we're gonna invert it and then we're gonna change the colors and we're just gonna shoot a picture of house
1: <laughs> it reminded me of tales from the dark side and yes. i was like yeah i'm i'm fucking here for this totally see it
0: So the credits,
1: one thing I have to
0: kind of give credit to the saming and like the framing of the font when it's doing the credits is slightly to the right. And I had to double check my screen like multiple times to make sure like my video settings were correct. So it was convincingly disorienting. Did you guys feel that way?
1: Um, I didn't notice that it was to the right. Yeah, neither did I. Which is strange. I, th- I feel like I would notice something like that, especially being a graphic designer. <laughs> but I love the way the titles come in. I don't know. The music cues and everything. Um, It just feels good. Yeah, it's tight. I might have still been in a fugue state following Rise of Skywalker today. So maybe I just didn't pick up on it right away. <laughs> it was...
0: The movie that could have been,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, I won't do it. <laughs> the, Let's just move the, I on. think plural the movies
0: yeah i honestly like people have talked so much shit about that movie i'm like what do you do after the second one where there's just
1: nothing it's the end of the trilogy in the middle yeah
0: basically Basically. there's nothing like kylo ren is now overly sympathetic and he's victimized by the fact that ray is just indoctrinated And so Mm -hmm. she goes off to be in a fucking cult because, oh, bad guys are bad because reasons, though none of the politics are described, which I'm not complaining about because I've seen the fucking prequels and I don't need more space politics, but you get my point. Mm -hmm. And then the big bad is dead and the hero is dead and she's just a girl who I'm supposed to agree with because she's diametrically opposed to the bad guy who, as
1: aforementioned,
0: is sympathetic
1: right you got me dude cool yeah. I mean there's nothing left to say and I love no. The Last Jedi so
0: <laughs> so we'll move on because I can go I can prove you wrong I could change your brain uh, about The Last Jedi because
1: nah i hurts I'm, my soul I'm so tired of talking about Star Wars And trying to convince people that that's shit.
0: I'm a Star Trek guy, so like, I don't have, you're never going to get, it's kind of like arguing with people with religion, where people like, it always gets to the point where it's like, well, you just need to believe, like, you just need the faith. I'm like, but that's not objective reasoning. And it's the same thing when it comes to Star Wars fans. A lot of times it's like, well, come on, didn't you feel like the mysticism of the force? I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no. There's one part of that whole butt fucking movie where I felt the force, and it's a kid with a broom. That's it. Everything uh, else bro- is like it's the worst
1: <laughs> fucking broom kid. Go away. Broom so- kid's gonna show up in episode ten with a lightsaber made of a broom handle. I, love I have no, I have no Jedi training, and that doesn't fucking matter anymore because anybody can use the force or whatever.
0: Yep. So the boy on a moped shows up or bag boy as he's known in remington steel and he just goes into a house and he's so eager to get out he's like oh i'll just i'll collect my money later peace out no worries bye and then he's like oh well i better go investigate nothing
1: yeah, he's like "Oh miss Ho- miss miss what's her name hooper hopper i forget what the fuck it is it's hopper because uh, it's supposed to be like toby hopper toby uh, hooper hooper yeah, oh, yeah hooper yes, yeah so i guess it is I think yeah, oh yeah i think so because yeah there's a craven on the fucking uh realty sign outside. Exactly. Yeah, right. L- little references he's just like walking around her house and he's like all right uh, it's creepy in here i'll go oh wait a second i think i hear something in your bedroom i hear an oh. ominous knocking sound <laughs> what's and, that what's uh, that repetitive thud it's the fucking changeling dude
0: i couldn't tell if he was just a bad actor or if he was trying to play like he was slightly entranced could you guys did same issue nobody
1: uh, yes. uh, maybe it's yes and that's both okay cool i Unless unless there was something where, like, it was odd that she didn't greet him at the door, like, unless there was another, like, an interaction that he would have with this woman, and that's why he goes to investigate. Otherwise, he's just like, yeah,
0: okay, going to your room now. <laughs> like I always do to fuck you for my tip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, Granny Van Dam's up there. Oh. Right before she hung herself. Oh, yeah. She yeah, hung can't herself kill because Van he's not She's hung, unkillable. am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, little boy, on, your <laughs> dick's not up to snuff. Oh, that's the most depressing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he was walking in there already looming up when he saw her body fucking hanging <laughs> from the roof. Maybe dude. she's just fine. That's how she starts. Dude, erotic excixiation. Dude, dude yeah.
0: NXS guy, right? David Carradine. <laughs> Happens to the best of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a big oops on her part. She just, forgot, at the house. To, she just forgot to dress up like Batman this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then there's the funeral... Where the guy's like, oh, your aunt wasn't crazy, and so... I guess we're just supposed to take the stranger's word as sacrosanct. And he makes a my wife joke, which is great. <laughs>
1: your, your aunt's not crazy, but my wife, she's fucking crazy. Your aunt was a good woman.
0: And the greatest American well, hero is like, cool. I don't know who your wife is. So. <laughs>
1: I don't even know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Mister, I lack required context, sir. Would you please start over? Uh, why wasn't Why wasn't Norm at the funeral is what I want to know. Because
0: he hates well, her. He thinks that she's yeah, the C word.
1: Hate, yeah. yeah. The big C for sure. Yeah.
0: And then it cuts to the book signing and we've already kind of gone over it. So then immediately there's the dream of Vietnam where he sees his kid in Vietnam, which was a weird one. Uh, And then the zombie hand pops out. I like it, but it's weird.
1: There's a the tones in this movie are I mean, they're they're consistently clashing. Yes. But I think it kind of works in its favor because you get effective comedy, but then you get this very palpable underlying like darkness that's going on. Because if you suck the comedy out of this and the fact that people, other people witness the stuff going in this house, you could easily play this up as some guy just losing his mind after coming back from the war. Which is exactly
0: yeah. what you want. That's why I feel kind of let down by the happy ending. Like Nothing would make me happier than the idea of like, oh, it's the reveal. And he's basically just held Norm
1: hostage, who is his unwilling uh, accomplice. Right right <laughs> sure 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 i like how this scene just like now that i'm thinking about it, it eclipses the entire film because it's like you know spoilers he kills big ben or he doesn't kill big ben he he you know big ben gets shot in vietnam and instead of like putting him in of his misery the kongs like grab him and like torture him for weeks and then like this i guess that's supposed to be his grave and then his kid playing on his grave and then the, the hand coming up because you know yeah. Right, because he's thinking about it, because he blames yeah. himself. Yeah, as we find out.
0: Have you ever seen *Rolling Thunder*? <laughs> Uh, no it's okay no. you don't have to have it's not very good but Tommy Lee Jones is in it there's a guy who's held in a Vietnam camp comes home from Vietnam and he gets a silver dollar for every day he was held and so these guys come to his house and they rape his kid and kill his wife and shove his hand in the garbage <sighs> disposal to steal his silver dollars it's pretty oh good you just God. reminded me of it
1: whoa that sounds fucking intense dude it's yeah super I never uh, never saw it I watched I've it, it
0: because I was like oh Rob Van Dam does a move called The Rolling Thunder I wonder if this is a fun <laughs> jaunt
1: Nope. Wait a second. Rob Van Dam's out in this movie. Exactly. Hey, man, there's a uh, wooden roller coaster in Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey called Rolling Thunder. So, hey, it, the name goes around.
0: Right on. That, uh, too. That's probably I, where he got the name from. Much more likely. I also
1: I just also wanted to note in these Vietnam scenes, they also like they, they have this great part too where they turn to the left and there's these puppets playing Russian roulette. It's like a rabbit and some frogs or some shit. Yeah, this fucking lizard man. He's got he's got a gun to his head. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he becomes like a heroin addict on this variety show. It's really fucked up. And you hear in the background somebody singing about sodomy? Yeah, yep, the Fox guy. Meet the peoples, everybody.
0: No, I, I totally know what you're saying. I just don't know where to jump in. I'm a big Peter Jackson fan, so...
1: I haven't seen it yet because I'm waiting for us to do it on the show. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's going to be a trip.
0: We should collab because we've been wanting to do it on our show since Bad Taste. But it's like one of those things where you kind of need to charge up interest because nobody downloads Peter Jackson stuff unless it's Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah. I mean, fuck it. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. 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 You guys want to do that? I'm down. Fuck yeah. Fuck
0: yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: A double fuck yeah. I take your fuck yeah and I fuck the yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i triple dog fuck you all right i did not give you can't you consent triple
0: stamp to... a double stamp no <laughs>
1: sorry no take back. no uh whatevers
0: no take back or double take backsies. no erases stamp it no blue erases, make it true it yeah
1: did not give you consent to fuck my yeah so i'm very upset about <laughs> that. hashtag Is it... you too <laughs> yikes
0: <laughs> Ooh. yeah awkward hey uh joe biden everybody there he goes
1: <laughs> <laughs> it cuts to the aunt's house and oh i like just he- had a fucking brain aneurysm here in that name. <laughs> still yeah. recovering from last week it sucks that's
0: the worst thing that's happened in this apocalypse mike you guys fucking kidding me right now yeah so the you find out that the aunt is actually the one who raised the greatest American hero because the realtor's walk. I love that he like he wastes this realtor's time so hard. He's like, oh, why don't you walk me through this house I've already been in? Why don't you continue talking to me after you've given me a diatribe about selling stuff and taken me to the back house and back? I will tell <laughs> you I'm not selling the house and have wasted your hour.
1: He's like, I, because like Roger's like stupefied by the house. Like, he's remembering everything, like about the kid and shit. I think even in the middle of this, he has like a flashback to losing his son. Well, and like right in the middle pool of in the background. Yeah, and fucking Sedgwick's hotel is just fucking going on. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, you can put a fucking a breakfast nook and and a refrigerator <laughs> and a fucking bunk bed in here. What do you think? He's like, you see all this furniture? We can get rid of this shit. Just bring it to the dump. He's like, that's oh, my aunt's precious fucking stuff. He's like, huh? Oh. Your aunt? Who's your aunt? All these paintings, by the way, all over the house are like these crazy, like dolly esque yes, monstrosities painted by the very awesome William Stout.
0: <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah, I had I it put in my notes. I put Dolly does Dallas? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> <laughs> love it, dude. No idea.
1: So <laughs> I like the I, I love the painting motif in this though. Kind of makes me think of like some of those old, uh, you know, Giallo films that had a lot of that stuff. Yeah, in that.
0: I could totally do yeah, yeah. that the it's good but it's also rushed you know what i mean where it's like this yeah, could be exactly. a masterpiece if it wasn't made for the background of a scene where somebody's being choked with leather gloves right right. <laughs> <laughs> how many fucking Giallo films do you have to sleep for you could just know the tropes right <laughs>
1: probably like one precisely two maybe. yeah precisely two
0: so speaking of the artist of the paintings, she's like, "Oh, you better get out while you still can." And she hangs herself again and goes through the floor. I actually really like that effect. It's super hammy, but it reminds me so much of like The Ghost of Christmas
1: Past. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that bit. Um and at that point, at that point you're like, "Okay, so Roger's like what? Unhinged? Like he's having his non-flat flashbacks and he's just having visions you know what i mean we're kind of still we're still playing into that right like well, it's all we know just the whole his thing with his son at this point because he, right. like, like you were saying he has that flashback about his son basically like disappears because he, he takes his eye off him for a second and the last place he sees him is in the swimming pool mm-hmm. and because of this he fucking his life basically fell apart and his wife left him because the kid's missing yeah it it tricked me, Roger. It to the house and killed me. I killed myself. Get out while you can. Bye. We totally. This is how I became immortal. <laughs>
0: yeah, we went over the fact that he calls the <laughs> FBI and the FBI tells him to stop calling the CIA about the disappearance yeah. of his kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They like
1: hold on him in that shot, and you could just see like the. The guy that played him is perfect. And, and he just is like, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, I'll stop doing that. Thank he's you. super
0: charismatic. Like, It blows my mind he wasn't in a bunch more shit.
1: I, yeah, like, I was thinking the same thing. I, he's fantastic in this film. I don't know. It just works, right, for okay. this? I
0: don't know. Completely agree. Yeah. So he goes and then he meets Norm. We've already basically gone over their scene. And he talks Not about how gnomes. he wants to finish his book in, quote, solitude. <laughs>
1: basically a nice way to tell this guy to go fuck off
0: (laughs) please take your tattered ass book go make some paper mache get the fuck off my lawn
1: get your dog off my lawn you better pick up that shit yeah. He totally walked that dog on his oh, he uh, sure fucking Rogers property on purpose to take a shit. And he like, goes he up didn't the have steps have behind
0: the gate. So like there very clearly is a deliberate action. I agree.
1: Oh, dude, that was a fuck you to to, to Aunt Elizabeth. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He hated that woman. She was dead. He's like, yeah, now you're going to fucking shit on her lawn. Come out and yell at me now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is what happens when your fucking nephew doesn't sign my book. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, you want some Chinese food or something? Or- I'm your biggest fan, but I have this fucking ripped up fucking version of the book. I don't, I don't have like a pristine copy, but I'm your biggest fan. He keeps in his back pocket, dude.
0: It reminded me of the human centipede where the guy takes the sandpaper to his ball sack it reminded me uh, he just has these tattered pages i'm like i bet he's doing something inappropriate
1: with that (laughs) he's using it for toilet paper with the pandemic oh
0: very true couldn't make it over to costco yeah
1: i wish i had one i wish i had one of roger cobb's books when i was at that fucking gas station dude (laughs) oh no referencing the uh, oh dear god (laughs) episode uh shakes a clamp that out <laughs> <laughs> joe had to joe had to use a gas station bathroom and it was nasty to say the least
0: i once was so disgusted by a restroom attached or affixed to a gas station that i went behind the gas station and shit in the bushes instead
1: oh my goodness <laughs> probably made the right decision that's a power move
0: i wiped with my spider-man underpants and i was in my 20s and i left them there
1: see so. i'm not the only one this bathroom didn't have the door <laughs> on it though
0: Oh, no.
1: No, this this was like white right out in the open. So, yeah. But he had he had the, the foliage, right? There was no chance somebody was going to somebody else was going to walk.
0: in. It's him. a very vivid chance somebody could have found me uh, because I did not get gas there. I had to shit. So I had I had had like three coffees and Chipotle and I had to shit oh, so bad. God. And oh, my God. And that is nuclear. I'm on I'm on the freeway and it gets to like a stop. And I'm like. I have no idea when I'm going to be able to get out of here. And so I sat, to, what would have been like a 15 minute drive was over an hour. And so I just had to pull over and nope. I look and I look in the bathroom and it's disgusting. So I, I run out and I go to my car and I'm like, okay. And then I go, all right, well, I just have to fucking sell it. So I, I decide to act like I'm looking for a dog. And I'm like, here, boy, here, boy. (laughs) And I run around to the back shit as fast as I fucking can and come out the other side and go, I don't know where my dog is. And I get in my car and drive away. Oh, Oh man. God, you put on a whole fucking play. I did. I was Meryl Streep in it.
1: (laughs) The thing you didn't realize, though, is like there was an attached Dunkin Donuts and they go out there on their fucking break. smoke cigarettes, (laughs) So they saw the whole thing. I don't doubt it. He doesn't even react. He comes back in. He goes, this is a guy that said taking a shit. Anyway, (laughs) look at this guy. He's taking a shit in the bushes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I regret nothing. I don't even have words
1: <laughs> when you put it that succinctly.
0: So he has another Vietnam flashback, and he gets pranked because Big Ben or McBain is keeping a live snake in his cigarette box for some reason. That's yeah, like weird. He's just
1: keeping it in there because he knows someone's gonna ask for it eventually, just to fuck with whoever. Why he overreacts to this dude? It's like a little tiny like milk snake. Well- I, I would argue in a in a normal circumstances sure, but you're in the fucking middle of Vietnam. You don't know when you're going to be shot at at any possible second. You're on edge, like beyond edge. You're already over the edge. I guess I guess that's what I'm saying. Like this little snake is not going to phase me, right? No, but shouting in the woods where enemies can hear you and shoot you probably would. <laughs> that too. You know. Well Speaking but, of which, grenade. You. <laughs> well mick, mick bane's a fucking moron because of this because it's just like yeah like you just said grenade because he's shouting and giving fucking roger a hard time well he's like a fucking big macho asshole too because he's like i don't give a fuck Where, where's charlie i'm gonna shoot the shit out of him
0: and then it cuts out and he's watching his wife on her shitty soap opera and he's <laughs> typing and he sees the ghost of his son out the window Ugh.
1: And yeah like jody him style the, yeah turns them off her for the fucking uh TV remote her fucking soap opera sounds like the calculon soap opera from Futurama like it's <laughs> that deliberately shitty because like there's a line oh, she yeah. has like, I don't care if you just divorced my sister. And he's like, it doesn't matter that I was once a male prostitute. I'm like, oh, this is Calculon. So good. Uh, you fucking beat me to that one.
0: <laughs> so he goes and checks his aunt's room again and doesn't find anything. But then he goes back and then a monster bursts out and rips his shirt. Dude, can we talk about this? I'm yeah. P- Perfectly fine about it. Dude is svelte. Because when he shows Norm his titties later and he has a little scratch marks, so I was like, I'd lick it. No, 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 no. Oh, deal. yeah, man.
1: <laughs> That's why he's wearing that fucking deep V, man. So you can see that.
0: If I had that chest, I'd wear the deep V too. <laughs>
1: I'd wear a vest all day. Also, I- I by the way, see the necrosis that is growing inside his fucking body. Yeah, this only works to, like, these dimensions only open up at the stroke of midnight. Oh, in Japan, this movie's
0: re- released as Don't Go in the Haunted House at Midnight, which is to try and distinguish it from the 1977 house film.
1: Really? I yep. wonder why that didn't stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sentence. It's not a title. Why don't you just call it Midnight House? Ooh, I like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I would say Midnight Hour, but then they have that movie with Harry, Harry Belafonte's daughter, right? Fun fact
0: about Harry Belafonte, the first time he did the Banana Boat song, it was on the Muppet show with Animal. That was the first time he did that? Live, yeah. Huh. Big fan. Big fan of both.
1: Yeah, man. Sign me up. That's what happens when you grow up watching
0: Beetlejuice on repeat on a VHS tape. (laughs) (laughs) I think the three tapes I had when I was a kid were RoboCop, Robin Hood, Prince of
1: Thieves, and Beetlejuice. Man, is that the Kevin Costner one? Yes, it's bad, but I love it. (laughs) It is bad, but I also love it. (laughs) It It's very, very not
0: good. So there's the moving van that arrives and it's got all of the equipment for videotaping and he has it all lined up and wow, he takes a picture of nothing. And this is where, uh, you know, Norm starts to probe a little bit more because he's seeing the weird behaviors and he actually swipes Roger's phone book and calls his wife and he's like, hey, lady, you should totally save your ex-husband because he's crazy. And she's like, nah, I got work tomorrow. He's, she's
1: like, yeah. <laughs> he's, she's, he's like, uh, he's having flashbacks and shit. Uh, he's dressed up like an army guy, taking pictures of nothing in his house. It's crazy. And
0: then she's like, alimony's pretty sweet. I better go save him. <laughs>
1: for my missing child <laughs> while he's like talked to this woman you could see like him being all giddy and shit because he like he's talking to one of his fucking idols he's like oh yeah this is uh this is norm you know just just norm she's like okay i don't know a norm and he's like well oh no no your your husband's uh neighbor and she's like oh okay oh, okay like, yeah, he yeah, says it's mentally, a matter how of weird fact. Yeah, he says it's a matter of factly. Like, yeah, I'm his neighbor. What do you mean? We're best friends. I just want you know me. I'm from the uh, Cheers bar down the road where everybody everybody. knows your name. Yeah, man, and they're always glad you came too. Except Norm. I I think
0: I've mentioned this on the show, but I'm going to run it by you guys. My perfect, my dream sitcom would be if Sophia from Golden Girls and Coach from Cheers were like roommates.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's the best show you ever heard of. I uh, I want it. Yeah, I want to shit out of that. I mean, we did get B. Arthur on fucking Kirby Enthusiasm. It was Larry David's mother.
0: B. Arthur is a fucking.
1: (laughs) I think she's only in a flashback, but sure. One of
0: the funniest things I've ever seen, and I have no idea who tweeted this because it was in like on Reddit and they'd blocked out the username because they were just stealing ideas. But the guy's like, if you want any idea how old Betty White is, she was in a TV show about being old 30 years ago.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. God damn she's it. I, I think she's cracking open some babies and sucking out some blood or something because Ooh. like she is just not changing. Damn you, Hackman! <laughs> Can you imagine what it'd be like to be like 90 fucking 5? No. I already nope. hurt all over my body all the time. I, but <laughs> right. But like being alive that long to go through so many different changes of like pop culture and just like...
0: <laughs> that
1: shit blows my mind, dude. <laughs> yeah. When I think of somebody who grew up without fucking television using a smartphone now. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> My grandma didn't have a fucking, uh, she had a, a literal ice box. where yeah. It was literally like they'd ship ice and it, they'd put it yeah. in a box. Yeah, and like that was from like
1: the Three Stooges that you just thought was a fucking like joke. But it was yeah. like, now this is what they did. Yeah. <laughs> you, when you had to go to the movie theater to watch TV. Yeah.
0: Crazy, right? And you, you yeah, hear I people saw go, Roger
1: Rabbit. I know how it works. <laughs> They had the news and the funnies.
0: Don't you presume to lecture me about the newsies. I saw the newsies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like going was that there. Fucking highway soon, baby.
0: So Sandy calls Roger as he's having a flashback and he steps away and a little toy car rolls into the foyer and then the Marlin on the wall is like, hey, I'm a Billy Big Mouth bass and I'm really upset <laughs> I'm on this fucking wall.
1: So can he, beat me to that one,
0: dude. Sorry. And no, then, you're good. <laughs> after the realtor almost shot him in the neck with a harpoon gun, he doesn't use the harpoon gun on the Marlon. No, he takes right. <laughs> a shotgun because that's naturally what you do. I just and, like how he
1: goes the effort of getting the double barrel, loading it, going back inside, and very patiently shooting this thing. Yeah, and what's great, and is throws the, like a fucking hand towel over it because the eye's still moving, which is awesome. This, thing, this thing's screaming and flopping around, and he's just like, "Good night, here, j- okay."
0: and this is the first like thing that you get where it's threatening to him besides the monster like it's I, I took this to be slightly distinct from the monster oh also this I movie know. was a, a released somewhere else as Goblin so what, I bad, that I well. what? yeah that's, I think it's also a Japanese release I think there was a thing on VHS where it was released as one versus the other I'd have to double check but the gardening tools attack him and so that's like a physical manifestation of like the haunted house versus like an extra dimensional HP lovecraft monster
1: right yeah the that, those fucking garden tools pay off in spades too because right? he ends up like locking oh, them in a fucking bathroom or something
0: that's a very funny pun mm-hmm. i should have let that breathe i'm sorry because <laughs> the spades a gardening tool
1: garden spade
0: yeah i really lost my head over that joke <laughs> oh, thank you wow really big shoe really big Is- <laughs> So he go. this is where he ends up getting caught with the gun and he shoots the Sandy monster. And then it's not Sandy monster. It's the Sandy. And then this is where you could tell he's a white dude, because if a black dude, and I say this with all love and respect in the world was just holding a gun on a porch and a cop showed up and he didn't immediately like fall into prone position, weeping and with 50 cameras on him, he would just be shot and murdered. But this guy's oh, yeah. holding the gun. He's like, what? You mean this gun? You want me to put this gun down, officer? and they're like oh i have infinite patience please white man put down your (laughs) firearm he also very
1: very suspiciously jumps down to start wiping the shotgun nonchalantly they pull up as if they didn't see him
0: right it's broad fucking daylight of course they saw him but he's a cracker so it's fine And
1: then crazy. he's he's also wearing like that Vietnam fucking uh, fatigues. And I just was like thinking about Rambo, how that's what he had on. And he's just like walking around trying to get a fucking meal. And he just just gets harassed to the point where he just destroys a town. (laughs) This guy is just like, okay, you have a gun. You've you've uh, fired it. You shouldn't really do that. Uh, We're not even going to write a citation or anything. But can we use your bathroom?
0: Yeah, because they're afraid to draw first blood. They know how that works out.
1: uh... Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. They're like, are you Roger Cobb? The Roger Cobb? Yeah, well, why didn't you say so? Here's your gun back. Yeah. We're not even going to take the bullets or no. anything. I love when you're, he's like, you're, clearly you're unstable. The Roger Cobb? Well, can I shit in your house? Yeah, Creighton <laughs> Duke takes a shit in Roger Cobb's house. <laughs> It's during that shit where he ponders his career choice and that's when he decides he's going to go hunt Jason Voorhees. That's right. <laughs> there you go. The house was, the house was talking to him, dude. It's like grow a mustache. Go hunt Jason Voorhees. <laughs> you should, you should really you should really get into breaking people's fingers for information. <laughs> he ends up he puts that the sandy monster uh, under the stairs with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Just PS. <laughs> yeah, he's in there with his fucking uh bed. Like, man. oh man, you put the dead lady on me. Just real quick, the the effects in this are amazing. Um and they're all they were all headed by James Cummins, who directed the Boneyard that we did. Um oh, Yeah. And the witch and the war monster that we were talking about before that comes out of the closet. I mean, all of this stuff is all practical and it's just fucking bitching and basically was made in James Cummins backyard over like four months. Hell yeah. Just really, really, really cool shit. I just want to talk about it for a second. I love well, in-
0: the poster for the film. One of them that I saw, it actually has the scene because he buries the wife in pieces in the backyard because all the stuff is still moving. Uh, when yeah. he's having the conversation with his neighbor who's smoking hot and in his pool and he <laughs> totally missed opportunity there. But there's yeah, a picture with garbles? the dog. Yeah where the dog has the hand in the mouth and i was like oh yo jimbo that's fucking awesome and then i realized i was alone watching the movie and i shouldn't have spoken out loud
1: (laughs) well this movie does like a great job of like riding that uh comedy horror line especially with like the uh witch uh monster because she's like that very grotesque uh like almost like comedic looking which i guess I, you kind of have to see it to to, to believe it yeah. but even though that's like played up for comedy to a point cuz it's like it grabs the rifle and goes after him at one point the main character's still taking this super seriously. Like he's yep. not in on the joke. And I think that's no. why it works so well. Uh, I agree. I was laughing because it sounds like that little cherub from House of the Dead 2 that goes like suffer like he did. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, he shows up a little bit later. Yeah. She actually <laughs> reminds yeah, they- me
0: of Butterball, the Cenobite from Hellraiser.
1: Yes. Oh, kinda, yeah. They're, they're fucking these things are creepy. All of these creatures have like exaggerated features. Yeah. And they're very disturbing. And we'll get to some later that are the fucking creepiest part of the movie for me and always have been awesome.
0: Well, let's get to it. So this is where the smoking hot neighbor brings over her kid and yeah. he just takes the oh, kid in the restroom and she's just fine with that. And then she's like, hey, guy who just took my kid into the restroom completely unannounced and is acting fucking fidgety. Take the kid <laughs> for the day.
1: I've seen this movie probably five or six times. And I always forget about this little fucking kid, Robert, with the big ass ears and the bad haircut. <laughs> That's Steve his, Miner's kid, dude. His haircut is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Steve, what the fuck were you doing What to were you kid? doing to that fucking child? He has this rat ass mullet where like the front half of his head is like his bangs are trimmed all the way to his hairline. And the back is like just dangling. I'm like, what are they doing a, to you? <laughs> this kid's got a hardcore alfalfa fucking pointing up. <laughs>
0: yeah i even put a note about the mullet like i have to acknowledge it i say kid has sick ass mullet and bangs combo (laughs) when you're uh let's say he's uh, joe exotic in the back and lloyd christmas in the front
1: (laughs) that's fucking perfect dude
0: so then he has another flashback while kid's asleep and Big Ben is shot down and blah blah blah. Mom takes mm. the kid blah blah. Oh no, this sorry. This is where they go up yet, the chimney to be this with is Saint the part, Nick. Dude.
1: Oh my fucking god! This always freaked me out as a kid. Um, and it still freaks me out now. There's something about getting that glimpse. Okay, so first of all, these things are like these goblin fucking things with these big giant mouths and eyes. It's all exaggerated and gross. Like my ex-wife, please take her. <laughs> sorry, I hey. <hear> <laughs> no Um, fucking idea where that came from I don't know man Rodney comes in and he's fucking doing his thing pulling out his collar and shit dude okay I as a kid I always thought it was so quaint the
0: idea of like not getting respect and then I became a dad and I'm like oh shit he's just speaking he's not even making (laughs) jokes this is just what life is now
1: yep Um, so you were
0: saying about the goblins who look like
1: my ex-wife please oh god (laughs) I don't know, dude. There's something about like just catching a glimpse of these things because Roger runs up the stairs and catches them just as you like see them just for a second as they're pulling the kid into this room and then closing the door. And then he runs to the door and opens it up and you see them just as they're pulling him up the fucking chimney. Yeah. I don't know, man. Creepy as fuck.
0: It's effective because it's, it's a less is more approach.
1: Yeah, totally. They and don't you just belabor it. They things. don't give
0: you the full body shot.
1: It's all mm-hmm. in
0: action. That's one thing that really frustrates me with a lot of practical effects is that people like need to pat themselves on the back and be like, no, look at it. It's a giant marionette. It's 17 feet. And you're just like, no, no, no. What do I need <laughs> totally. to see? Like, we need the framing. We need the negative yeah. space. We need those elements. And yeah, it's. A fun scene. It's also like as a kid to see a kid in peril is way different.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Especially like you kind of get that connection between him and this little kid where he's clearly thinking of his kid yeah. as he's trying to save it. Yeah. And then he's oh, like, yeah. he bathes it and he gives it back to the mother and he's like, yep, everything went okay. Slept <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> like you call it and he bathes it like yeah. it's, it's an animal. Well,
0: he's not talking about the kid. He's talking about the mullet, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the animal yeah. on his head. The mullet is alive. The, the body's just a maintenance unit. But then the kid really doesn't snake. even acknowledge it's that this shit happened. which
0: i think is great because it's like even this innocent naive child who has like you know obviously when he tries to show norm norm is very cynical and he's like no there's no such thing as monsters but here's a kid who has all of like the imagination of the world so it's like if monsters exist that's the kid who's going to believe it and even the kid never acknowledges it and just like okay i'm
1: just gonna go home with my abusive mother like they took you (laughs) up a chimney and like they should have technically they like pick the kid up and then William cat's like trying to pull him down and they lift William cat up with the kid. Like this kid's getting ripped in fucking half. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shoulders are destroyed (laughs) for life. (laughs) (laughs) Real quick. Fun fact. uh, Jerry Marin plays one of these ghoulies or these, they're called little critters. And that's the, the midget that I was talking about from the being who plays the being, who is also one of the lollipop guild. We represent we represent two legally distinct lollipop Guild, <laughs> and the other guy plays a fucking emperor penguin in batman returns felix silla oh jesus ah, they get around they sure do
0: so we'll move on. Uh, the They do the thing at the 12 o'clock. Norm is there to do the picture thing. He tells Norm, oh, it's just some raccoons, but we have to kill the raccoons at midnight. Not a second sooner. And he's like, OK, I'll accept this because I've never even seen a raccoon in the house. And there's the monster. And it whisks Roger away into nowhere. He comes back from nowhere, coddles Norm, and then goes back to nowhere through a window, which I was like, this is weird, but I'll go with it.
1: Yeah, he likes he like has a revelation about the painting the unfinished painting that his aunt was doing. He's like, Oh, the fucking medicine cabinet. That's where my son is. Here I go.
0: Which reminded me of Toxic Avenger three for all the wrong reasons.
1: I don't (laughs) remember the Toxic Avenger three at all.
0: He has a flashback to when he was a normal kid, which is not played by the same guy who played him in the original, even though that guy would come back to reprise a role later and he's in his leotard unitard whatever and he's got the polka dots and he starts heckling himself it's not a good scene <laughs> don't see that movie
1: is three the one where he starts like he becomes a like a an insurance salesman because his superheroing isn't paying enough
0: yeah okay that's all i yes. remember <laughs> But it, <laughs> it was that's shot in tandem, in tandem with two, which was yeah. in Japan, and then I think that when he comes back, it's just padded with stuff like that, and then you get yeah. to four, which is ableist as fuck and super hard to watch.
1: Yeah, but I that's still think three is or whatever. Yep, exactly. Yeah, right. two. I think he teams up with Kabuki Man, doesn't he? Which is awesome.
0: Kabuki Man yeah. fucking rules.
1: And then Lizard Guy is the third one, right? Yes. The yeah. Yes. Or dragon guy, whatever the fuck.
0: I'm going to say yes with an asterisk and reserve the right <laughs> to amend that at a
1: later time. Just so, say yes question mark like we do.
0: So he's descending from the rope and he rescues his son from a cage and then the zombie Big Ben appears. And I love this design. He looks God. just like Eddie the Head from Iron Maiden. It's fucking rad. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Completely- and he also
1: sounds like Clancy Brown. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's Richard Mull. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was wondering if there's a voiceover. Also, at some points when they do a close up on his face and he opens his mouth, you can see his regular human teeth Dude. behind his zombie teeth. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, and you could see his uh, black lipsticked lips behind it too, which is a super <laughs> yeah. creepy effect when it glints in the sun or the sun
1: in the sunshine. No, in the <laughs> lights. <He's> got, it's <laughs> it's not as creepy as when like Donatello opens his mouth and you see a small man in there, but it's still <laughs> it's it's more like Rawhead. You know how he's got that yeah. little mouth in there. Hell yeah. yeah.
0: And so you got to love a scene where a guy is being stalked and the guy is saying, why didn't you kill me, Roger? Which is like, that's odd.
1: (laughs) Yeah. well, He he honestly should have, man. Like he chickened out because this poor bastard got tortured for weeks because he couldn't put a fucking blade in between this guy's chest. The whole catharsis of it is like Ben takes his child because he didn't kill him in Nam when he was mortally wounded and then was tortured by the Viet Cong.
0: And it seems that the kid has, like, from all accounts, he's the same age and everything, so this equates to a bad dream. It's not like he lost (laughs) any life. It's not like he was physically (laughs) tortured. It's just like, oh, I'm fine now. So it's like, You just gave a kid a bad dream for a couple of years.
1: Right. It's like, like, I mean, I know this movie was made way fucking after, but like insidious. Okay. Like when that kid was like in that other dimension, like he was legitimately there for like months or whatever it was. And he was like pretty fucked up when uh, Patrick Wilson went in there and saved him. Yeah. I was going to say, because maybe he just stays the same age because it's like the uh, the pocket dimension. Maybe. And but it's also like kind of like shit, right? Well, it's also like that kind of thing where it's like, I guess the implication is that like, obviously the house is haunted, but it mm-hmm. it preys off of your worst fears. And all of Roger's worst fears are like his time at war and his ex-wife and missed losing his kid. So what was his kid's worst fear? Because. I think it was just the fuck with Roger because he was Chages. the main character right but that's Roger's fear is like oh it's supposed to be a reflection of Big Ben like in right. the cage his, his kid is afraid of bamboo so he's surrounded by Oh, man. I mean, I guess you could just I write could it off. Swee- I could squeeze between these bars, but it's just so fucking terrifying. You could just, <laughs> you could like just write it off. From, like that scene from Hot Shots 2 where he gets all the way out of the cage to get the keys, then goes back in and <laughs> yeah. unlocks the door. Oh, so good. <laughs> I guess you just write it off because it's like, you know, supernatural haunted house or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. if you want that, that probably could be a plot hole. But I think it like the film doesn't work without his kid being missing. Right. But it's one of those things where like the kid could have been there for like a day or like an hour. Like we don't know. You know what I mean?
0: And that's one of the things like I kind of there are times where I like vague lore. This just feels unfinished.
1: You know what I mean? Sure. I get you.
0: I don't feel like this was designed to like make us wonder. I feel like it was just like, ah, who gives a fuck? The kid's alive. Let's move on. (laughs)
1: i feel like an exec was like "Well, the fucking kid's gonna be alive at the end right right
0: i just imagine some like very small angry man like a spacely sprocket with a cigar being like
1: you're over budget i don't give a fuck the kid's alive we're done (laughs) i love how across three different podcasts three people have come up with the same cigar and and another friend of ours uh cb smith on youtube also had that same character everyone has the same mental image of the the same executive it's hysterical to me yeah man it's like satan in all different cultures oh there you go horny (laughs) bastard
0: so then he basically tricks ben into falling off of a cliff from his porch and then the house is on fire and then he goes outside and his ex-wife pulls up in a taxi and she's like hey my son's alive and I guess I'm gonna fall in love with my husband again and it ends on his face smiling with Roger. Oh it fucking it freeze frames <laughs> it's just like fuck you here's your credits yeah i was like as i was watching i was like i I must have forgotten because i was like he has to fucking kill himself or there had like he's in an asylum or something but nope it's just the end i even stayed till the end of the credits like did i remember this wrong because i feel like the real ending has to be dour and awful not so wrapped up with a bow right exactly it's way too quick because it's like we said it's simple like all like the probing issues like okay but is he gonna get back with his wife is he gonna finish his book where is he gonna live with the house burned down are they gonna investigate him for arson like all those things you're just like Mm -hmm. uh
1: did he get the insurance and all that camera equipment that was probably like 20 g's (laughs) dude right that's all the advance for his book that he's gonna have to pay back <laughs> oh shit I kinda, yeah I kind of thought if he was gonna kill himself it would have been the standoff against Ben because that was his ultimatum yeah. is like yo, know, I want you to kill yourself and mm-hmm. like a logical outcome to the story would have been he would shoot himself for his son but then like if you really wanted to go a little harder with it like there was no son there was no Ben like he just lost his fucking mind in his house
0: yeah I like that let's do that also, let's shoot it
1: yeah <laughs> Right. <laughs> all, Connor wins it's, the day. It's also not really Big Ben. It's the house. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's not actually Big Ben, like, all hey, right, I took your kid. It's the house well, that took the kid in. It's like filling in the blanks with what he's scared of. You know, what I, mean? I, I also think if they didn't have the comedy elements, if it was just a straight horror film, maybe you do get that dark ending where the kid's not there or it's just the kid yeah. was kidnapped or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause they they do kind of hint at the idea that could have happened when he first is looking for the kid. And a garlic like, peels off, but that doesn't, that's just kind of like a red herring for the scene. It doesn't yeah. go anywhere. I actually really like that, that they did that. There's like different things that could have happened to the kid. No, I, I agree. Also, I yeah. also think the end, like the ending I just pitched probably would test horribly for the time. And, oh, and for the time. Yeah.
0: People would be like, I'm keeps, sorry, that's a child. That child can't be harmed <laughs> in any fashion.
1: But, like, why didn't they just blow up the house, and then, like, Roger and the kid, like, fly out the front door, big explosion, and then, like, he, like, looks down, and he looks up at the house, and then looks back at the kid and, like, kisses him on the forehead or whatever, and then it's over. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like Uncle Sam, and then you go into the backyard, <laughs> and you watch the kid burn all the fucking army toys.
0: Or what I would like, <laughs> let me pitch this, because I... He's going to die. I don't know why he became Italian. He's going to die. He's going <laughs> to die. And the kid saves him. But in doing so, you find out he's tethered to the house. So when the house burns down, while he gets to see oh, his son, oh. the son dies with the house. Yeah,
1: I Ooh, like that. The there kid gets lit on fire in his arms.
0: Ooh, in your arms tonight.
1: Burns into ashes, and then he just, just fucking falls to his knees and screams. I just burn in your arms tonight. Yeah. <laughs> The wife, you know, the wife gets there right as that's happening. You killed him again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you
0: son of a bitch. I'm going to divorce you twice.
1: <laughs> fucking Norm just drops dead right there. Heart attack. He can't handle it. <laughs> Everything he's seeing is too much. Cl- clutching a fucking six pack of Miller uh, Bud Dry.
0: And then uh, Sam Malone goes out of business at Cheers because his most loyal customers go did you know Ted Danson, Real Perlman, and Norm the only people to appear in all 297 episodes of Cheers?
1: Wow, big fan Jesus. of
0: that show. For a straight edge well, guy, know, it's Woody really Haralson weird. Was
1: smart, he got out early. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the dominoes really fell after that fucking house went up, didn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: So on our show, we do classic, trashic or tragic. Classic being a good good movie, a tragic being a good bad movie, and a tragic being just an outright bad movie. How would you guys rate House?
1: uh i guess classic like i didn't really aside from like the tonal discussions we've had about it i don't think it hurts the experience it does kind of make you scratch your head at the ending but like this movie's pretty good um and having been this like my first real sit down with it i was thoroughly en- uh enjoyed the whole thing i thought some of the comedic bits were very funny and all the horror stuff is pretty freaky to look at and i kind of like the whole spatial paradox thing going on between you know behind closed doors and how this house is not really haunted but more like a gateway to just other weird shit that kind of comes and goes yeah i loved it i think it's a i think it's a worthy of classic yeah i would definitely say this is a classic this is probably in my top 20 films of all time everything just hits really sweet for me with this movie. I mean, it's a fucking powerhouse as far as like you know, you got Steve Miner directing, you got the story by Fred Decker, you got Sean Cunningham producing, you got fucking James Cummins doing the effects, you got Harry Manfredini doing the score. Every everything just meshes so well together. William Katz great, Richard Mulls great, George wentz great. It it mixes perfectly the the scares and the laughs. And I don't know, it's just this weird, it's just this weird movie that just hits all the fucking notes I'm looking for. So, yeah, classic for sure. I mean, I, I would agree with that. It's a classic. And I, I don't know what you're going to say, Jake, but uh, I, I can't really add too much more than that. I mean, I like this film a lot. I've seen it a bunch of times, which I didn't mention already. Um, it's kind of one of those movies. Uh, I don't know if it's in my top 20 films, but it's definitely like one of my favorite horror comedies. And I I probably pop this on maybe once a year, get a little refresher because I I just I like the whole Vietnam angle because I I personally haven't seen that too often in a horror movie. And it's kind of like a weird, not really deeply explored subject matter in the context of a paranormal film that also has like a funny side. So, yeah, classic.
0: Yeah, I think that for me, it's very easily a classic in a lot of ways there's a lot of justifying elements to it and I think like the tonal issues I give it a pass on this I was listening to a and a that actually last month's Patreon bonus was April Fool's Day and there was a and a and they were talking about it. I think it's Amy Steele who was like yeah but the thing is you go home happy because none of it was real so you get the best of both worlds where you get like the gore and the horror but then you get to leave with like a cleansed palate because you know I was all foolsies no, no realsies and in Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's kind of the same thing where you get the stuff, but, you know, maybe it's a little oversaturated in my mind in that capacity because I think that's my big issue with the tonal element is, you know, I had just seen another movie where it's like, oh, everything works out remarkably well. But that's my only gripe. I think that everything else is awesome. And quite frankly, I think that the character effects are great. Every character is likable. And the only character who's not likable is not meant to be likable, which is the neighbor lady. And so it's pretty rare for me to find a movie where I'm not rooting for people to die the entire time.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: So with that being said, gentlemen, would you please pedal your wares and make sure our fans know how and where to find you?
1: <laughs> you want to go for it, Sean? Uh, yeah I'll go first so obviously you can like we said earlier you can find Movie Dumpster pretty much anywhere that you get your podcasts and we're on Instagram Facebook and Twitter pretty much what are we always at at Movie Dumpster or at Movie Dumpster podcast typically Uh, we're at Movie Dumpster yeah on all three of those and me personally uh, it's just my name backwards you can usually find me at O'Rourke J Sean and uh, I'm on Twitter I'm on
0: Instagram oh so not e yeah I don't
1: know yeah you know (laughs) I know how it's read, but now that you put put that out there to me, yeah, that that's a little, uh, okay, I might have to rethink that one. Yeah, I'm just at Joel Escola on Twitter, so you can do that. Easy peas. Um, it, they yeah. didn't have my name forward, so that was my next logical step, <laughs> was just to put it in reverse. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Android. What else? Podbean. Pretty much, yeah, like Sean said, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. And then we also do have a website, moviedumpsterpodcast.com.
0: Perfect. With that being said, I would like to thank you guys very much for coming on to our show. And I have to say, I'm very excited to come pedal my wares on your show when we review House 2, the second story.
1: (laughs) This is really cool. And uh, we can't wait to have you guys on for uh, House 2. Yeah. Be ready to try to comprehend the madness that is (laughs) empty. Awesome. Yeah. You got a taste of it today.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs) I was gargling with it. It was very potent and kind of squirmy. (laughs) With that being said, my name is Jake, reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. That episode was so much fun. I very much enjoyed it. And I sincerely hope that you will patronize our friends, the Movie Dumpster, and celebrate them, give them the recognition they deserve. Maybe a five star review, maybe a hand job. Who knows? Things can get kinky. I would legitimately like to thank all of the shows who have been so gracious with their time in joining us for the Quarantine Up. This is going to be a really fun month, and I'm very excited about this event. I am also very excited about this week's hidden track by Fuming Mouth. I felt like an idiot. I went through all of our old episodes because I was sure that I had used this song already, but I didn't. My idiocy aside, check out fumingmouth.bandcamp.com or just go straight to them at fumingmouth.com. They have probably the sickest ass album cover that I have seen in many a year for their album The Grand Descent. I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, the song that we've chosen is Out of the Shadows. If you don't like it, keep it to your fucking self and die. If you do like it, go let them know uh, that you like it. Show that your love. Maybe buy an album. You know, maybe trim their lawn for them. You know, do something. Be collaborative. I don't know. I can't come up with all of your ideas and be your life coach. But the one thing that you have to do is let them know how you found them. To let them know that sending me an email with an MP3 was well worth their time. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Enjoy Fuming Mouth with their song, Out of the Shadows.